Awesome. Welcome to Author News Weekly, the weekly news show by authors for authors. We read the news so you don't have to. Join our panel of best-selling authors each week as we take a deep dive into the publishing world, both indie and traditional. Author News Weekly. Yeah, whatever. Welcome back to Author News Weekly. Thanks for joining us. I'm R.A. That's Jim. Yep. That's Pippa. And that's Nick. Yep. And that was the lightning round for introductions. It was incredible. <laughs> I, I know. It okay, was incredible. Cool. She's here, though. I hear her. She sounds legit. She's she sounds here. like She's Pippa. Here. She sounds like Pippa. All right, cool. What? So we've got a few stories to get through today. So I think we should skip the niceties and get into the news. Well done, sir. Well done. I love the little crap okay. I put in there to make it sound like an old record. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like a reel-to-reel or something. Mm-hmm. I like it. Okay. Our first story comes to us from Wired Magazine, or I guess it's Wired.com anymore. And uh, I'm really exclusively doing this story because of Nick's discussion of AI last week or the week before last. So this is about AI and all the amazingness it can wreak when it's writing books. The title of this story is a novelist and an AI co-wrote your next cringe read. The new novel, More Cringe, bills itself as a deep fake autofiction. Wire talked to its co-authors, writer Kay Alato McDowell, and the artificial intelligence known as GPT-3. We're talking to AI now. We're asking AI questions. Um, Feeling very like Judgment Day and Skynet coming, and it's making me a little uncomfortable. Jim, what? Why is? Why are we talking to an AI in this interview? To prove that it can happen. This article is about cringe, but the the author, the wire talks to the author, and the author also uses AI to answer the questions. It's really weird. This technology is terrifying. It's, it's effective and terrifying. I wouldn't. I don't think I would want to write a book with an AI because then I wouldn't feel like it was my book, at least not in first draft. What I would love is an AI that can do everything after I finish my first draft. I want to write the first draft then give it to the AI to clean up my typos, to improve sentences with my voice that I would love to have. But as to what's going on in this article, I got no idea, man. (laughs) I agree. I'm glad I don't feel like the dumbest person like I normally do. Pippa. What, 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 what is this? What is this? Why is this I have on no the idea what this is. None, <laughs> not even the faintest clue. Yeah. It's the, the definitely I'm with Jim on the wanting the impossible thing of the AI that helps exactly as much as it needs to with all of these capabilities that necessitate it being able to do more that it won't do, mm. <laughs> which seems like we know where this is going. We know. Mm. Nuclear holocaust. <laughs> Nick, what about you, man? You're the futurist, man. I'm going to call you futurist. You're like the Tony Stark of our little crew. You know what I'm saying? I am over what here do you doing think? stuff like this with my hands. That's what Tony Stark does, I think, right? In his basement. Yeah. Like zooms in and zooms out. Yeah. It's not what, what, what's your take on this, man? <clears throat> my take on this article is that it's absolute trash. My take on the state of futurism and specifically artificial intelligence is that it's going to be 
a tool that that we authors need to get on the bandwagon uh, about for because like most sea change events, you know, development of the typewriter, the computer, stuff like that, to not use this next thing and, and whatever tools and the, the iterations that smart people will provide will leave those authors behind, you know. So imagine the the guy using Scrivener to write his novel and then the lady using um, a typewriter. Like the guy is going to be able to produce more content, all else equal, that dude would be able to produce a lot more content. I think that's the same thing with AI. That doesn't mean the books will be better. It just means that they're going to be tools for C. Like what Jim said, I love that idea of if there was a second, third draft AI, that would be great because I could just write and then give it to you know a machine and have it spit out like a much more seasoned text. So stuff coming. And, and I think we need to use to the fact we're going to constantly be learning new tools. To not adapt is to die. So that's all I'll say about it. It's an if, not when. Sorry, it's when, not if. <laughs> um, this isn't if it's going to happen. It's it's happening. So this article is trying to be an example of that, but I think they're just it's typical. What, what's the right word for it? I'm going to call it <clears throat> intellectual narcissism. <laughs> hmm. Look how cool yeah. we are. Look, look at this article. Look how artistic it is. That you know, just it's bullshit. It's not actually saying anything. Yeah, I agree. It's just very weird, but. In the interest of fair play, we talked about AI for narration, so now we'll talk about it for uh, for authors. And I really do hope you guys are right. I would love to just put my rough draft into something. You would think that the AI could read, you know, a dozen of your books and have a really good idea of what you say and how you say it and stuff. That would be awesome. Okay, next story. It comes to us from entrepreneur.com. Uh, and that's by Anna David, and it's titled How to Get Media Attention for Your Book. That seems like it might be worth it. The first sentence is there's a lie going around, which is that you can't get media attention for your book unless you publish it traditionally. She says, here's how I know it's a lie. I tried to get featured on Good Morning America for all six of my trad books. No go. Then I indie published Make Your Mess, Make Your Mess Your Memoir. And landed a five-minute segment on Good Morning America that ended up bringing my company hundreds of thousands of dollars in new clients. Her tips are, you know, find out how your book relates to what's happening. She has a little thing here about how to sign up to be an expert. I guess there's websites you can sign up for that people can contact you. And the third thing she has is pitch yourself with care to podcasts. I want to start with number three, all right? And I want to ask Jim how you get pitches for podcasts all the time. How carefully are people pitching you when they want to come talk on your show? Most of the time they're not, you know, most of the time I get form letters and I can detect form letters within the first three to four words, you know, so I usually don't even get down to the author's name. They're trying to pitch me when I realize it's, and I, I get enough of them now that I recognize the names of certain VAs who are emailing me on behalf of these authors, you know, like I'm seeing, Oh, I know that VA. She emailed me about this author to have on my show last week. I'm still not accepting guests. Thank you very much. But, you know, this is great advice to pitch yourself with care to podcasts. That phrase with care is the being the operative part. You know, if you haven't read How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, you know, it's a it's what a great book because the primary principle is there is you want to sell somebody something. You tell them what they're going to get out of it, not what you need out of it. Not, hey, guys, I'd really like to get my Patreon up to 100 supporters. So help me do that. There's a terrible pitch. <laughs> you know, but if you join my Patreon, you're going to get all this stuff is a much better pitch. 
because it doesn't talk about what you need. It talks about what the other person wants, what the other person needs. And if somebody came to me to pitch me on a podcast, be like, hey, I think you, your listeners would enjoy this. If I came on your show and I could talk about this and your listeners would enjoy it. That's a much better pitch than like, my book's not selling. Have me on your show. Maybe it'll sell better. Not a good pitch. True that. True that. What about you other two cats? Uh, what do you think about either number one or number two? Sign up to be an expert or figure out how your book relates to what's happening. Is that something we can really figure out what's, how it relates to what's happening? Is that something we can really pull off uh, in the fiction space or no? Always. Okay. Like, but Let- that's the sci-fi thing, right? Is It's always about what's going on in the world. Right. Like it's either the alternative to it or the worry about it. And, but then that gets overplayed. So how do you? <laughs> mm. Mm. Dagger. Uh, yeah. I don't know. This is just another one of these articles that was written to, to fill the content farm that is entrepreneur. Now this magazine used to be a good magazine. Now it's just a bunch of randos, talking about stuff they don't actually understand. I don't think there's any possible way any fiction author, you know, in, in our stable is going to be on Good Morning America. It's just, no, people just don't fucking read books. That's all. That's really what it is. Like She even says, first of all, she's writing nonfiction. I don't know what her company is, but some probably cleaning company, make your mess, your memoir. Got her stupid company, hundreds of thousands of dollars in new clients. Okay, cool. So people just watched your freaking Good Morning America thing and they're like, fuck the book. I'm just going to hire this company. That's what people want to do. So if you don't have the thing that people can give you money for immediately, they're not going to buy your damn book because they don't fucking read anymore. They watch Good Morning America instead. Mm. Anyway, this is just whatever. I could probably go on, but I'm going to get real into my my anti-American rant and where we are right now as a society. Most people don't know this, but we have a chemical process that ages Nick 30 years before the show starts, so he can be extra crotchety. <laughs> Old man yells it loud. I mean, I, am I wrong? <laughs> I, have, I have a couple other thoughts about this article. Please um, do. Please do. First, when I was browsing the website, there were two pop-ups from the website that appeared on top of each other, so entrepreneur.com yeah, get three, your shit actually. together. I got and two pop-ups, and on top of that, I got these. Do you want to receive notifications from yeah. entrepreneur.com? Yeah, it's awful. But the thing is, it's the article is how to get media attention for your book. And like right now at this juncture in history, it's never been less important to have yes. traditional media attention on your book than it is right now. So that's uh, that's all I wanted to say about this. Mm. Okay. Good it, stuff. So Good I stuff. will say um, Ryan Holiday has a book called Trust Me, I'm Lying. And then the subtitle is Confessions of a Media Manipulator. It's very good. It's well-written. And it basically pulls back the veil on how this all works. You know, here's how you do it. You start with local media and you try to, you know, jump in on something that they need a story every night for the news. And then you use that as, see, look, I'm worth being talked about. And you just level up. And eventually you get to places like Good Morning America because they're like, oh, every local news station is talking about this book. That's how this sort of thing works. So if, if you're interested in that, it's a very good book, very fascinating on, on how that all works. Completely useless for most of us. I wouldn't mm. waste time trying to actually do it. Okay. All right. That's good. That article will be uh, in the show notes. And uh, your guys' uh, beef with entrepreneur.com is duly noted. I understand it's a crappy website. And uh, so we'll just We're go to our, our- – We've got the Brits, entrepreneur.com grammar. 
Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of people going down. Readers, don't forget readers. Readers, like, uh, readers. all the bridges are burned. Uh, no, 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 I like readers. I don't like my readers. <laughs> um, but most people are not readers. That that's my that was my rant. Um, oh, and if, if you're one of those people who heard me say, you know, Ryan Holiday's got this book you could read, and you're just thinking, I just watched Good Morning America for this and then hire his company, you can. He actually has a company. So you could just bypass the whole intellectual process and, and just go straight to spending money. Uh, like you do, you consumer, you brass something, brass knuckles or brass tax media or something, whatever. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Yep. So entrepreneur sucks. We'll go to our next story brought to us by entrepreneur.com. Mm. <laughs> Hold on. I'm still closing pop-ups. <laughs> uh, okay. Peppa, this is right in your wheelhouse. You're a superstar for us in this story. Okay. It is by J.J. Herbert. Hebert. Sorry, there's only one R. Uh, and it's the step-by-step -step process to using ghostwriting as a shortcut to publish your book. So this person is talking about that they are the yeah. owner. Now, this is what's interesting to me. The owner Let of a self-published company. Close those pop-ups, Pippa. Pops. I know they're blocking your view right now. They're the Ow. owner of a self-published company called Mindstir Media, and she's often crossed paths with people who have incredible stories to tell but lack either the free time or the technical skills to tell them. This seems... Okay, I'm aware that people use ghostwriting in this method, but it seems like not the way that people normally use ghostwriting. I don't know why. I don't know if it's the way that I'm, I'm calibrated to think about it or what. Pippa, what, what do you think? Have you got a chance to look at this? Is any of this making good points or no? Connect with your ghostwriter, communicate. I know you're good um, on communicating your vision. Yeah, the I do the... Actually, the... Let's see. So where they get to the, the steps, the writer and ghostwriter thoroughly plan the book, drafts a chapter or two, reads, edits, offers feedback, rinse, repeat until done. What I generally try to do is plan out the book do a couple of chapters for a tone check and then just do the rest of the book without checking in very much. I find that any client who wants to approve every chapter as it's done is just, like the process is going to be hellish. So it is a trust thing. It's did we connect enough on this is how we do X, Y, Z. This is the tone that we're going for. Did I nail it in the first couple of chapters? Then just, but I generally work with people who know that they're not hiring ghostwriters because they can't do it. They're hiring ghostwriters because they don't have the time to do it. So Which they is know, what I'm yeah. usually thinking of when I'm thinking of ghostwriting. Yeah. And I think that's one of the weird things about how it's used in the indie sphere is that these are people who are very successful at what they do and they're looking for something that's a close match to their own work. They know what they want it to look like instead of just being like, this isn't my area at all. So I don't know. Mm. I, I don't know what I'm going for, which okay. makes it a lot less cumbersome. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. You guys uh, have any input on the ghostwriting topic here? You two fellas, you're not, I know you guys aren't big on ghostwriting. All right. All right, cool. I'm not opposed to it. <clears throat> to be clear, I don't want to, you know, add Pippa to my list of things I don't like. <laughs> I just, I'm an author, so I have no problem writing my own stuff. I think that's the difference. So I don't have experience or knowledge in ghostwriting. 
Okay. All right. We will leave the link in there. If you're someone who's looking for ghostwriting or maybe wants to ghostwrite, this might be a decent article for you. Or you could just talk to Pippa because she knows all this stuff. So save yourself time and maybe she can put you to work. So maybe she can put you to work. Okay. So we have this last story here and it's a little tongue in cheek, but it comes to us from book baby. And I shouldn't say a little tongue in cheek. It's very tongue in cheek. It's like how we had the story about how to get rejected easier. This is how to fail as a writer in 23 easy steps. So if you do take these 23 steps, you will ensure that you fail as a writer. Is there anything? Here's the thing. Obviously, all of this is they're trying to be funny with this. But is there anything on here that you might go against the grain and say, yeah, you really don't have to worry about this and you'll be okay? Or or what are your thoughts about this list here in general? Let me see. Like they say, like number eight is quit your day job immediately. Work gets in the way of your writing, right? That's maybe not the best, the best plan if you're still working on your first book. Yeah, these are good. I, th- I find stuff like this hard to argue with, right? No one's going to disagree with any of this stuff, which by, you know, just sheer force of being humorous and, and somewhat, you know, obvious over, over the top tongue in cheek means it doesn't it's not gonna hold a lot of value i think for new authors they're gonna be like like this is the kind of stuff if you were to ask like my mom who has barely written a text message in her life like what should you not do as a writer like she could come up with some of these so it's not really a helpful it's not bad it's i don't know this is actually gonna help anybody write a good book yeah i agree part of what gets me about articles like this is that i think it it backs people into a weird reverse. If I do all the things right, then it works. And there are stories where it's clearly very precisely engineered and it just doesn't quite tick. And so it's the thing about, it's not a collection of things you need to do or not do. It needs to work. Mm. And. So there's some kind of intangible sauce that makes a book. Yeah, to read, like, right? I do enjoy articles like this where it's, yes, do all of the things wrong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because we've all had the temptation. It's like, no, the editor is wrong. I know what I meant. It's perfect. The readers just aren't smart enough to get it. Like, <laughs> don't do the thing. But <laughs> Yeah, you're right about that. You're right about that. Jim, what, any any insights into this? As I'm skimming through these, I'm, I'm not so sure about number 19 here, where it says, if a reader gives you feedback that something in the plot seems to be missing, ignore her. Because a lot of times readers have no idea what they're talking about. You know, I find that if if I've got beta readers, which I don't really use beta readers anymore, but if, I've, if I'm getting feedback from a reader or from someone else, the more specific the feedback is, the worse it is, I find. When it comes mm-hmm. to readers, like I, I used to be years ago, I was in this author critique group and, and I, I learned so much from that critique group based on the way that the authors in the group would critique each other's work. You know, there were some of the authors who would be like, this sentence is wrong. <laughs> or they mm-hmm. would be like, I think this should happen in the story here. It would be cool if this happened. And then you'd get advice from, from there was, I remember this one guy, he was a fantasy writer and I write thrillers. And he was like, I don't understand thrillers, but I'll just tell you what I think. And he would go through my manuscript and be like, this part didn't work for me. And that's all he would say. And I was like, that's amazing feedback because <laughs> mm. now I can go figure out what doesn't work about it rather than you telling me what doesn't work. And I don't know if you know my genre or anything. So isn't it that Neil Gaiman quote? Yeah. Um, 
is that you guys know what I'm talking about? What did he say? Mm-hmm. Like, if, when uh, readers tell you there's something wrong, they're almost always right. And when readers tell you what's wrong, they're almost always wrong. Yes. Yeah. That's, like that, right? that's the spirit of what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I think that's true. I've gotten feedback before where I'm like, okay, yeah, you're definitely right in that this part is, is slow. You know, the pacing is off or whatever, but then the way you want me to fix it is like, totally not the right thing to do <laughs> yeah this is not the scene for my hero to just head dive out the window i know right. that would make it exciting but i need him for the book. Yeah, his head exactly yeah exactly <laughs> well all right guys looks like uh we're coming up to the end of a of kind of a quick episode today uh, you guys got anything you want to add about this I, story I or it, yeah yes um, please going back to the first article i looked up the book more cringe on amazon there are zero reviews or ratings, <laughs> just nothing. And it's actually ranked at like 318,000. Like it's not the highest in the store, but it's not over a million looking at the Kindle version. So somebody's buying this thing and then just completely ignoring it. They're not even reviewing it afterwards, good or bad. I just find that humorous. You think they could have gotten an artificial intelligence GPT-3 to leave a review, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. GPT three, go sign up for Amazon. Go leave a review for this book. Okay. Buy thirty dollars worth of random goods. Yeah, leave right. review. That's funny. What if the That's AI gives himself a one star review? Even I recognize this is trash. <clears throat> so not my best work. Okay, Alato McDowell has written other stuff though. Pharmaco AI and Air Age Blueprint with both sound riveting. I'm being facetious, but one of them has 12 ratings. So I don't know. Maybe right. there's something here. All right. Or it could just be that she paid wired to write an article about it. who knows, but all right, folks, enjoy your AI writing. If you get something working, let us know. We'd love to talk about it for all of us at author news weekly. I'm R.A. McGee saying this meeting is over. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>